You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, hosted on the Line of Sight Podcast Network. Line of Sight is proud to host War Machine University, Brawl Machine, and Fallen Corvus, as well as numerous content creators like Field of Fire, Lightbringers, Brawler Bios, Vicarious Competition, Midnight Monpod, and Charge and Spike. You can find our content at loswarmachine.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 165 of Line of Sight. My name is Jaden, and I'm here with Brett. Hi, I'm here. Yeah, and Chandler's not. He's on, on a motorcycle somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he. I think he and his wife went on a bike trip, so that's fun. That's cool. Yeah, uh, we have a small piece of news. We have two small pieces of news, and then we're going to dive right into the topic because, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, first piece of news is that vague announcement that Private Jeep Press is making at some point has been confirmed for Thursday uh september 23rd assuming that nothing like seriously goes wrong they're going to spoil what it is although they're not going to spoil the exact contents of it make of that what you will um additionally we know now that the zero warlocks the the junior warlocks for hordes are going to be available for order on october 1st and they will be direct order only so you'll have to order through private press or you'll have to get your store to order them from private press i believe that's going to be an option as well and uh yeah that's the news so um we uh it's been three months since i last listener question episode i did one on my own but i don't really count that because i was so tired that i don't even remember it um and so we put out the call a couple of days early this time which, which was maybe a mistake <laughs> uh because we've always gotten enough to talk about in the past and this time we have an absolute glut of choices uh so we're gonna start off we posted it in three spots we posted it in our discord uh on facebook and on reddit we're gonna start on reddit because there's less questions there and uh we'll go to facebook and then we'll we'll hop into our discord and answer a bunch of questions so <laughs> until we fall asleep yeah all right so um on reddit we've got so how about um you read a question i answer i read a question then you answer uh sure yeah we can do that um yeah so we've got Beardmonk one and his question is do you think that the warm that war machine and hordes in its current form is going to be able to regrow any further in terms of player base and market share without a major relaunch or injection of capital into private press by an external investor or a larger company oh good i started with one i have no knowledge of um so i don't know anything about the business side of it um from the player side of it um i believe that what our responsibility is is to you know continue playing continue being excited about the game um Obviously, as line of sight, our answer to this question is uh, to make a format that's more friendly for new players. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, to, to add on to this a little bit, yeah. um, we know for sure that Brawl Machine is doing that. Uh, we get messages on a weekly or daily basis about players and metas that are getting back into the game through it. Um, I th- suspect that as things uh as more places in the world get safe to game in person again we will see that accelerate i would not be surprised i would be surprised to see brawl machine diminish in usefulness and popularity over the next year 
yeah, I think I think exciting news is what Private Press needs to do. Maybe like I don't know yeah. some some big announcement happening next week. Just as a random example. Oh gosh, man! If that is <laughs> underhyped, I mean, if that if that is overhyped, yeah. uh, everybody's gonna be so mad. Anyway, yeah. So that thanks, Beard Monk, for your question. Um, I I don't know. I don't think Private Press needs to be bought by an outside company personally, but yeah, because the options are FFG. And I don't like what they do with cards. So, yep. All right, your turn, Brett. Okay. Um, Dank profit. Good. Uh, a friend in our local group wishes to play Infernals and Brawl Machines. So here we go. Most common question you can ever get. <laughs> but wants to play Dark Legacy, not Hearts of Darkness. We want to allow this since we are all new players, but are worried about it being unfair. How would you go about balancing Infernals to allow this at the brawl level? Why am I the one answering this question? <laughs> uh, you you just brought up something new, and I want you to reveal it. <laughs> uh, wait, what? Okay. Did I? So, was, I thought it was you. It could be someone else. Oh. Uh, oh, in our chat? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so, okay. If Caveat. We're not privateer press. We can't change model or game rules in Brawl Machine because we're not privateer press. All right. If you gave me free reign, here's how I would make Dark Legacy uh, fit in Brawl Machine. And the answer is I would ban uh, Agathon and I would probably ban Zataroth. And then I would make Omidamos only able to summon once per game. There you go. So try that out and let us know how it goes. Yeah, um, that's, that's kind of my thoughts. Dip. Yeah, it's going to be... So the important part is, because you're new players, just try it out. And if you're not having fun, change it. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's really the goal here. Yeah. Yep, 100%. And, uh, you know, maybe someday if Privateer Press makes Brawl Machine into an actual format and they let me keep designing it, I will get to do that. <laughs> So, who knows? Yeah. All right, build and board. So we've received since we we've since received an article discussing that Orgoth have essentially rebuilt Warjacks using the souls of creatures instead of Cortexes. Do you think that this means they'll be monstrosities or construct war beasts or potentially a new form of war machine? Bonus question: What if all the stock of getting ducks in a row over the new announcement is just secretly spoilers that Orgoth is a duck themed faction? I doubt that, but could be. Maybe they took over the zoo, and it just turns out there's a lot of big ducks over there. Oh, oh gosh. Another- <laughs> I mean, ducks do make you scream, so maybe that's what the screaming faces are about. I know too many nursery rhymes about ducks. <laughs> anyway, Brett. Um, so I I think... Okay, so what I want is I want them to be warjacks that ha- each have some special rule where like, they want to do something, or if they don't do something, they go crazy. Um, something mm-hmm. that makes them warjacks, but unreliable. So like, you know, like you ha- kind of like the seether, how it has to charge every turn. Um, sure. Just different variations of that. To, we, to we, show do, we do already know that they run on something new called Blaze. Oh, oh, well, we don't, but we don't know if that's a mechanic. We know, like, oh, sure. That's that's in the lore. They run off of a fuel called Blaze. Yeah, because protective um, mineral jacks all run off of Manosphere. Yeah, right. Man, Protector Jax, my favorite piece of, well, it's not my favorite, but one of my favorite pieces of fluff regarding my night, or Jax in general, is the way that Judicators and Revelators work. Uh, they build the thing, and then they prey on it for, like, days, and then Menoth turns it on. <laughs> it's a Hanukkah thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, just, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm in. Um, yeah, I think they will probably be a new form of Warjack, basically. Yeah. I want It'll be war jacks with a quirk. Much more than I want construct, construct war beasts or monstrosities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. I think that would be way cool. 
You're up. Okay. Um, Minche, Minche, uh, there's War Machine Hordes. If you could create a third part of the game, what would it be? Scionists. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, well, it's a 3.5 classic, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I would go for like, there's, so there's, I would go for a faction that doesn't use machines, but it has like squads of mentalists that just take apart big things with their what brains. A, what about um, like ethereal projections that are Warjack size? Oh, yes, that's even better than what I was thinking. I'm in. <laughs> Using your brain to project a gigantic image of yourself that can go fight things but has no risk of you dying. Think of all the I'm OSL. I, oh gosh. <laughs> Why? This is not my favorite faction. <laughs> uh, okay, well, if I ever get to design a War Machine faction, Brett, there you go. Sure. <laughs> Jarlin Ravenwood asks, how would you reduce the model count for each faction? Um, Brett? <laughs> make team forces better? So, okay, so I I'm I don't run a game store. I don't know anything about problems with the SKU. Um, I do understand the problem of buying things that are just bad. And I, and I, and like, other than just being a perfect designer, I'm not really sure how you get around that problem. Yeah. Um, so I think the best, the, the most strategic way to fix that would be to look at theme forces more carefully. So if you, it's fine if they're as restrictive as like the ret ones, as long as there's a sufficiently strong bonus or like the models you do get work together well enough that it's okay. So like, um, you could you can make um, theme forces more limited as long as you know the stuff in them was better, and therefore you can just say, all right, here's the theme force I want. You know, there's this certain set of models. Okay, I would take a look at the limited factions like Grimkin and Crucible Guard, and I would make every other faction look like that. Yeah. Yes, I would also like <laughs> yeah, ten times as much design resources. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm just saying, like, yeah, Grimkin has three heavies, three lights, a lesser, a battle engine, five units. Yeah, and two of them are support units. Um, so, so what if we? Yeah, what if we split them into like rebellions and like each part, each one took. Ah, it doesn't work with warjacks though because they're so non-unique. No, so, yeah, so you just end up with, like, you get a heavy chassis, you get a light chassis, you get uh, you get five casters, you get three or four units, and, like, ten solos, and there you go, that's your faction. I mean, it's pretty ruthless, but if you're, if you're going to make me reduce the game down, I'm just going to be like, we're not trimming models, we are choosing survivors. Yep. Yeah, and maybe you could do, like, a infinity thing, like, these are the ones who went through the Cirrus Gate. This is all they had with them. Sure. Yeah. Or they're the only ones left because almost everybody went through the serious gate. That'd oh, be even true. easier. Yeah. Right. All right. So I, that's. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I, I just I don't know. I, I love Privateer Press's promise to not make anything permanently unplayable. And so that's why I want to fracture into factions rather than removing things. But sure. Yeah. I have, I have no idea how that would work. Yeah. Uh, all right. That out. <laughs> Accurate. All right. We are now uh, looking at the Facebook book of faces, and do to do to do to do to do. I accidentally used this tab to do something else, so I oh, got to scroll through it. Brett, ask the first question. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 
J. Powell asks, what changes or additions to the game would make underplayed themes like Kator's Legion of Steel or Armored Core more pay- playable? Would some tweaks to theme options or model changes be necessary, or is there a basic mechanical problem that is the issue? Uh, there's no basic mechanical problem. Uh, there is one. Or bad. We'll, we'll talk about it. Is there? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the models in both of the, those theme forces are very bad. <laughs> so I would just make the models better. And they also need to be differentiated better. Um, like all three of those are melee force. Oh, sorry, Legion of Steel, Armored Core, and Doom Reavers all want to do melee. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really easy, though, because, like, basically you make men or the guns, because. Uh-huh. Two-thirds of the men were already have guns. And frankly, you could engineer a situation in which the bombardiers are not the bombardiers, the demo corps have a gun of some sort, like their throwing just, hammer. <laughs> no, just like their their mall has an enchantment that like makes a, a spray six oh, or sure. something. Right? Like like, like cartridge gun. <laughs> right. Yeah. Retcon it in or something. Yeah. That they just smash the ground really hard. Um and then Legion of Steel should be all about like layered defensive benefits. Yep. They're, like they're trying to do that with the counter charge. It's not good enough. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the basic mechanical issue is not, doesn't have to do with Legion of Steel or Armored Core. Um, mm-hmm. The basic mechanical issue is things like uh, Forges of War and Ret. Um, anytime you limit the type of Warjacks that can be taken into the force, um, yeah. it's a huge problem. Yep. Yeah, the battle group models for the vast majority of things. Man, I almost said vast most part. Gosh dang it, Chandler. Get out <laughs> of my head. Um, uh, for the for the vast majority of things, battle group models should not be limited unless there's a really, really good reason. Like Bones of Orbros, all right, I can kind of dig it. But but the reverse shouldn't be true, right? Like the only living theme is terrible. Yeah, the only living thing is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good because it's Tharn, but like... Oh, I was referring to the only living war beast theme. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. Oh, it doesn't? They, they fused it with Wild Hunt, and now it can take both. But the theme benefit only applies to living mo- war beasts. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Matthew Ladie says, talk to us about the war machine communities you know and their specific traits, e.g. just developing or well-established or with lots of painted armies. Thanks. Brett? So, um, let's see. The, the communities I know... Um, okay, so... There tends to be a okay. So the community that I started in um, had an extremely charismatic press ganger running it, and he he loved running weird events. He loved getting everyone in, getting everyone playing. Um, and I, I cannot think of a more valuable trait you can have in a community than that, um, mm-hmm. because as soon as that goes away, you're left with the people who love playing the game for competitive reasons, trying to do some of the more social aspects and it's a lot of pressure. It's really hard. And when you don't have that resource, you, you find out quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So even when, even when you're established, because, and this is again, like why we want a brawl machine. Um, it's if all you have are established players, eventually you're not going to have players. That That is correct. Um, um, yeah, no. and, and then the other things I've noticed when I'm traveling is that when you travel, you only run into the competitive people, right? The people who are going to host events and advertise to people out of town, the people who are willing to drive several hours to get there. Um, right. And so you don't see the other types of players, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. 
Yeah. As for myself, the two metas that I'm most familiar with, the ones that I would have called home metas, um, same thing. Charismatic press ganger got everybody into it, um, made the game super interesting. Um, the the Utah meta still kind of has that because Chandler is keeping his little pod of like 10 people going. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other one that was Spokane, uh, we kind of, yeah, kind of splintered after the 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 one like really charismatic leader uh, designed his own game actually and became wildly <laughs> successful and what uh, jerk <laughs> I know right yeah if you've heard of Dice Throne uh, former War Machine player there uh, who designed that um, he also did all of the art design for Butcher Three fun fa- fun fact yeah um, and then yeah so when while that was going there was a nice mix of like people who basically only thought about War Machine on event days or on game nights. And then there were a few of the hardcore competitive players. And when I was in that meta, I was kind of the up and coming kid who people were like, yeah, he's okay. And, um, but the people that stuck around are the people that cared about the game competitively and slowly everybody else started to drift away. And I think that's probably a really common refrain for war machine across everywhere really is that if there's not a person there who's willing to put in the time to make other things happen it's really hard for the remaining people to uh sacrifice their own time and resources to do something that they don't really enjoy anyway and so that that leads to communities starting to fracture and die which is not great um yeah so Think about ways to either split that workload or help out your person or try and like simulate that by splitting it among a bunch of different your friends, something like that. Yeah. Um, we don't as, have the as, answer. <laughs> as for existing metas that I like know about, there's a small one in Seattle. They're all fairly competitive. Um, there's another one that's fairly large in Portland. They're mostly competitive. Uh, I would say that more or less everybody wants to uh well most metas that i know about around me are like established metas that are kind of trying to figure out how to attract more players and that's just sort of a a problem the the metas that i know about like on an extended basis that i hear about and i hear get messages from are mostly new players uh getting into the game and freaking hyped about it with their friends which has been really fun so I have no idea what their like stance on playing painted or not is because I haven't actually asked. Um, and I'd point out that, you know, I'm not even as big of a painter as Jaden, but I almost always play painted. You're bigger painter than me then. I n- almost never play painted. Oh, really? That's funny. <laughs> I, uh, it takes me so long, Brett. It takes it take, me so long. It takes me longer. <laughs> uh, maybe I spent, Hold on. Uh, Gatorman Swamp Shamblers. Um, it took me almost 35 hours to paint that unit. Oh, okay. So that's where the difference is. So when I have a trash unit I don't care about, I can knock it out in like an hour. Yeah. I want it to match the rest of my army, dang it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're up. Uh, I like the next question. Morgan Rudolph. Uh, Jack Marshalls. Do they have a place in the current meta? Do they have a feature in the game? What Jacks work best marshaled, and how would you? Uh, or sorry, is there a counterpart in hordes? Would you do something similar with them in hordes? All right, so Jack marshals and their place in the game. That's very, very niche at the moment, like on the competitive scale. Now, and here's the caveat, and I, I've been realizing this more and more often that people just sort of default to answering like on a national meta level. No, at a national meta level, there's like 
one or two Jack Marshalls that I think work, and I think they're maybe not ideal, but they're like super duper doable. Like um, Boss McCorn is a really good Jack Marshall. You'll see that in some irregulars list because her her drive is absurd. Um, and you used to see it a fair bit. You used to see a Jack Marshalled uh, behemoth back in the day. Oh my I think. God. <laughs> uh, yeah, because the the drive was blessed, right? Yeah. On on the, the four years. Okay, so do you know you know the three things that you need to play a Jack Marshall, right? Uh, focus from somewhere else. Yep. Um, a really compelling drive of some sort. I would have said free charge, but that answer is also good. Sure. And then some way to keep the Jack Marshall super safe. I was going to say uh, keep the Marshall Jack from being knocked down or stationary. Oh, uh, wait, no, but there's a new thing, Brett. There's a new drive that lets them shake an effect. Um, yeah, but then you don't get your plus two damage. Well, sure. Okay. Fine. Um, yeah, so, like, I think there's a couple places in the game that it could work. I think that, uh, a Jack Marshalled, um, Griffin is pretty good. Yep. Um, yeah, because they get the bunch of focus. Um, mm -hmm. it's cheap, but does a lot of damage on the charge. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, I yep. was going to say Freebooter, uh, because it's fast even if it doesn't charge. It has a lot of attacks, and it can't be knocked down. Right, and that's typically what Boss Mahorn is is Jack marshalling, I think. Yep. Um, so I don't. I think in general, Jack marshals just need to be slightly. So the problem is, um, they they're not willing to change the rules on the Warjack because there's a big difference between having access to three focus and having just a Jack marshal. So yeah. either the Jack marshal rule needs to be equivalent to three focus, in which case they need to cost like six points or something um right. or uh they need like a different stat line or a different rule set to be used with jack marshalling which i don't think is going to happen yeah i don't either i was going to say they could do something ridiculous like jack marshals don't contest and then they also can't be attacked while they're war jacks alive or something like that and within a certain range of them like they're inside the war jack <laughs> no it's just like the war jack is actively trying to protect them kind oh, of okay so like it might, my wording would be like while marshalling a warjack, this model does not contest. Um, while within three inches of its marshaled warjack, enemy models cannot target this model with attacks. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, like that. that's one of the weaknesses. Um, I would like to point out that jack marshals are far and away better than they have ever been before. <laughs> yes, it's it's absurd <laughs> which is, how much better they are. Which is damning with faint praise, but okay. Yeah. As for, could they do something differently with hordes? I don't think so. Um, I, warjack... I, Warjacks and Warbeasts are not compatible here. It should just be, it's the Zeros, right? It's the Juniors. Well, yeah, but there's also Journeyman Warcasters, so. Yeah, I, I don't know, it just feels different to me, because I feel like Junior Warlocks see a lot more beast-heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's specifically because there has to be a way to leech Fury off of the thing. And at that point, it's like, why are you not just playing a, a Junior, right? Exactly. And the Juniors are just a lot better than Jack Marshalls. Yeah, because they have spells and yep. can transfer stuff. Yep. Yep. Often they have good spells. <laughs> <laughs> Often, yes. Uh, Maxine Colomrosa asks, how would you feel about a format of War Machine played on a 30-inch by 30-inch board? Brett? Um, I think you can convert Brawl Machine to do that. Uh, I don't. Oh, you don't? Okay. I, I don't. Um, uh, so... Oh, go ahead. We saw I'll let you Rumble, answer. right? I, I never actually played Rumble. Uh, I did a little bit. So, with as much 
work as they have to do to keep from shooting into the deployment zone on a 48 by 48 board. I just don't know what you would do about 30 by 30. It's not even the shooting that's the issue, to be honest. Well, on 30 by 30 with like a two inch deployment zone, can't I get an Arcadius beast like into their deployment zone? Uh, no, because they're 28 inches apart. Okay. Uh, so, oh yeah, 26, sorry. Uh, so you'd be out by nine inches, which is pretty big. <laughs> uh, no, the, the issue is that it exacerbates the problem of high threat models, and that means that you just can't play cavalry. Like, you'd have to have an epic list of cavalry, strange, strange bedfellows, Arcadius, anything that extends threat range by more than two inches. Um, yeah. And so, like, I played a, a bit of Rumble, and I had a friend, a few friends who played a lot of Rumble, and, um, effectively what it boiled down to was this game is no fun if anybody actually tries to win this game by building a list that is really good at abusing this format and yeah like i actually like how big is fallen corvus 30 by 30 there you go well is it 30 by 30 or is it 36 by 36 i can't remember i think it's 36 by 36 but just do the cut down deployment trick you could um and i think honestly like fallen corvus probably works fine on 30 by 30 but like as for full size war machine, I don't think it works. I could I could be wrong, but I don't think it works. Yeah. I don't think this table size is the biggest problem. No. I mean maybe, maybe I'm going out of limb here. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. Like I could see 36 by 36, maybe. And playing with that a bit. Like I actually before locking in uh the brawl machine stuff before i even sent the the first scenario to you and chandler i tried it on a 36 by 36 inch table and it just didn't work or th sorry 30 by 30 and it just didn't work so uh, i don't know 36 would be maybe interesting but 36, again like 36 you have more mats already <laughs> that's true yeah i don't know all right uh luke mccool asks uh crix has fallen in i assume he means effectiveness uh, what changes would you see to make them the scourge of the Iron Kingdoms again? I, first of all, don't agree with that analysis. I So my favorite is I think the best way to make Cricks better is to make Stalkers worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, make Stalkers <laughs> worse and then buff the crap out of all the other Warjacks. Exactly. Because it, everything else has to be kept down because Stalkers are so dumb. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some of that. Um, I don't know. Like, I think Cricks is badness quote-unquote is dramatically overstated however i will say that the bane theme is really lackluster yep. so i'll i'll acknowledge that scourge of the broken coast is bananas um and you know the black industries has a really good niche set of plays and ghost fleet got kneecapped real 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 hard and i don't know what to do about that um i think that i think you're absolutely right they're being propped up by a couple of strong things and the vast majority of their line just will never see the table. Counterpoint. Every other faction. <laughs> Counter counterpoint, especially circle. It's, yes. <laughs> especially. Every other faction except for Legion, actually. Because Legion's got like at least ten lists that I like, think are really good. Here's still worth playing, I think. Like, that's insane. Yeah. I mean everybody's like, but Death Archon, and I'm like, okay, so they stationary like three ogre and whatever. Now you kill them with one chosen charge? Seems legit. Yeah. So, uh, like I don't know. I'd like Crix to see more variety. Um, but the top of the top is still good for Crix. 
yeah yeah i think i don't know i think crix's badness is overrated and again every single time we're answering this question we're answering it at like a, a national meta scale and i think that if your local group isn't playing like strange bedfellows isn't playing yeah infernals are pretty hard for crix to deal with yep. um Although that might actually be a place for bands <laughs> Uh, maybe. I just feel like you can't be Desolators. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I disagree with the premise of the question, and I would nurse stalkers and buff a lot of other things. Next. Thomas asks, what the heck happened to Company of Iron? Why has Riot Quest worked out so much better? Brett? <sighs> okay. All three of us online have said, love Company of Iron. So we're concept. really just, yeah, I didn't get in concept. And then we played Company of Iron, and it was not good. <laughs> um, Riot Quest worked out better because it actually delivered on being a simpler game than War Machine, being a faster game than War Machine, mm-hmm. uh, which Company of Iron did not. And it's, I think it's almost that simple. Yeah, I would, yeah. So Company of Iron had some serious problems, like it takes three hours to play a game, like... Uh, some things about it are ridiculously hard to uh, reconcile with as far as balance goes. Like um, you just flat out couldn't play some things. And at the end of the day, like it tried to make a game where you're excited about playing in the War Machine universe without Warcasters, Warlocks, Warjacks, and Warbeasts. And it failed to do that because lots of reasons. Um, I mean, but hey, that's the fun part. <laughs> yeah. B, it didn't do anything else that was unique other than say, here's these squads of guys that you never get to grow attached to or upgrade or do anything meaningful with in any way. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's very strange that it didn't have a campaign system. Right. Like when we des- when we were designing Fallen Corvus, we built it as a campaign system because that's how you do it. People like, <laughs> yeah. And that way you don't have to balance things. So it's going to get imbalanced very quickly. Yep. All right next question uh yep um oh good you can enjoy this one uh, oh justin, no justin mora says it's been stated many times that pp has a lack of stores that carry their product what do you think can be done to remedy this or is there a better <sighs> route to find an alternate way to support the game i.e kickstarters and direct only ordering so this <sighs> okay is a, this is a huge question this is a and huge there's a question lot, there's a lot of things in it that he doesn't mention um, yeah so I'm just going to throw out a contentious point here. Um, I don't think that local game stores for miniature wargaming are going to exist in 10 or 20 years. Um, I just I just I was don't actually see going it. to make a very similar point. Uh, so I I love the British model of like the pub culture where you just get a group of friends, kick in some money, rent a cheap pub room and play there. Um, where you have yep. more of a gaming group than a gaming store. Yeah. So I, I think I think as we go into the next decade, as, and I think that the pandemic has sped this process up ridiculously. Um, we're going to see local game stores as a, as a mainline business model die. And there's a lot of reasons for this. But I think mainly it has to do with they can't like... And you're, I also want to point out that... Okay, so there, I think there are two main reasons why people why PP has a um, problem getting stuff into stores. Um, and a lot of them are out of, and both of them are out of PP's control. Um, one of them is just that it's extremely difficult to 
ship products, especially right now. It's just impossible mm -hmm. in countries. It's impossible to get stuff moved around. Um, I think that's mostly pandemic reasons, but also because shipping is just getting harder in general. The other one mm -hmm. is that um, gaming, the the gaming like uh, flow of stuff. What's it called? Logistics, uh, like mm -hmm. how stuff gets to stores is dominated by one distributor and so yep. if they don't own you you're screwed well and that distributor is owned by asmodee now isn't it yep oh okay. sorry it's the other way around okay so I, I thought the distributor owned them but they own the distributor whatever yeah. same idea yeah so a different gaming company owns the primary distribution service for most of the world and so they're not that very, means they're not very motivated to keep your other competitors in stock right um yeah, so I, I just think that we're going to see, like, Privateer Press, honestly, like, for all the flack they're getting, I think that, frankly, they're on the probably slightly too bleeding edge of the bleeding edge of what's going to be business as usual for anybody who's not Games Workshop in a decade. Um, so, I think... cynically, it, mm -hmm. uh, I think that their way is the only way to survive. Uh, maybe. I'm not sure, like, I don't it, know enough to say that, but sure. Well, or um, at least they're trying to change to the modern reality. Yep. Yep. Um, and it sucks. I agree. It does. Yeah, and yeah. It's, I mean, it's especially terrible if you're outside the U.S., right? I have no idea, but I imagine so. Yeah, because at least they everything's produced in the U.S. Or most of them. Oh, yeah. They, uh, everybody outside. Yeah, yep, yep. No, I agree. Um, and yeah, like listening to people who talk about their gaming experience who have a local game store that they can play at sounds like a mythical universe to me because I never have really. Um, so I don't know. It's just going to be really interesting to see okay. what that's like going forward. Uh, free business advice for anyone who wants to make the mistake of running a game store. Um, uh -huh. Form it as a nonprofit. <laughs> so <laughs> that way, so you just, you pick, pick some charity, donate all your profits to that. Um, and you whatever you make off of selling stuff you reinvest into like buying product and paying your uh, employees um, and that way you get a huge tax break and you you know you can afford to have these razor thin margins that gaming stores have so you're essentially <laughs> providing service <laughs> sure um arthur mcforrester says a death chef nerf has been announced what do you think would be a good change to tone down his cater power level without without making him unplayable in cricks i'm sorry what Wait, what <laughs> Or on the other hand, do you feel like a nerf should also lower his Crick's power level? From my experience, he's really strong in both, but absolutely dumb in reds. Disagree. Uh, okay. My so answer? I've played. Yeah, yeah you're fine. answering. Go for it. I disagree. He's much stronger <laughs> in Crick's than he is in Kador. So I, I didn't even read the question right when, when I saw it on my screen. That's so funny. <laughs> um, I personally, um, the thing I saw suggested that I like is. Um, you have a ceiling on the speed that um, anything in his battle group can get to on his feet turn um, yeah. so that it buffs stalkers a little bit, but it buffs Kato Jacks a lot. And so sure. it gets to a consistent threat range that you can control. What what if it was just Warjacks in this model's battle group are speed eight this turn? It, yeah, something like that would be um, would, would be like that. I don't know how the rules for that would work. But having oh, I, I just said it like that. Warjax in this battle group becomes speed eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. Lots from like boundless charge. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's the way you equalize them between the two factions. 
Yeah. Or also, he's way too survivable, and his output is dumb. Uh, th- both those things are both true. Um, and <laughs> actions. Um, number two, you could just nerf stalkers. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. See, see our earlier comments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Next question. Oh. Um... <laughs> uh, why do I get the hard questions? I can skip it. Nah, go for it. All right. Uh, Ian Stan asks the question, uh, is marking warm hordes as a competitive game and using comp- competition tournaments as our only measure of success detrimental to player recruitment and retention? Um, see, I hate this question because this is partially our fault. But yeah, go ahead and answer. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Um, so, okay. Mark? I, I want to say though, there is a good thing about that. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. But... Okay. The thing so, is, go ahead and do your answer first. We are only to the outside world of miniature gaming, a competitive game. And that is a terrible place to be because advertising yourself as only one thing is especially, not going to ever work. Well, and, and it's especially bad when that word in our game is a, you know, is actually something you can do and have fun. And mm-hmm. in other games, ruins the game for everyone. Right. So. Yes, marketing War Machine like that is really is not great, and it makes getting new players in hard. I think that part I, of the huge I, success I, of Brawl Machine... I would not argue... Well, so I would argue that that is what War Machine does best. Like, that is the simple yes, fact. Yes, 100%. Uh, if you look at it from any other axis, model quality... Um, it, it's good at these other things, but it's not the best. Yeah, and it's probably not even the second best for most of them. Sure. Um, I mean, it's hard to compete there's so many there's so much competition yeah so war machine does have a couple of very unique things that it should be capitalizing on more than it is to my knowledge it's the only steampunk fantasy setting out there that's really well recognized and big it's uh, really i don't feel like that's that's malifaux to me feels more like gothic horror yeah it's both Okay, it feels more gothic horror than steampunk to me, yeah. but sure. Um, yeah, Malifaux feels more like Bloodborne than steampunk, but uh, yeah, well, Malifaux is also everything, so that doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, um, but like War Machine has a very unique aesthetic. It has a very unique universe, and I think that the, with that they're um, going it, into it supporting so, the. I, I was, go I was ahead. Say the strongest advantage of their lore is that the coolest part of their lore and the most fun part of the game is the same thing. The Warcasters? Okay. And yeah. I, think, I think that's just rare in other games. Like, Soulstones aren't the most fun part of Malifaux. <laughs> like, no. And the Primarchs aren't the coolest part of Warhammer. Like, playing it. Primarchs, like, playing with characters in, in Warhammer sucks. You can't give them extra relics. You can't double yeah. up on Warlord traits on them ever. You can't use stratagems on them that you can to improve their stats for things. Yeah, okay, I'm in with that. Yeah, so I think, like, the fact that they're pushing IKRPG again is a huge deal. I think that a lot of people are going to come into the setting through that. Um, I know that there's a lot of D&D players who remember the original IKRPG setting quite fondly, and seeing as Dungeons & Dragons is the second largest game in the world now, that's not a video game, um, that that can only be good. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, Aubrey Lennon asks, does the recent trend of buffing Jargossel's 
There you go, Brett. No stranglehold, <laughs> archangel so changes, slaughterhouse, both infernal bigs mean that privateer press is an issue. Is it enough to get them back on the table in any meaningful way? Is it okay for the spectrum of power among Jargossels as a class of model to leave some factions completely out? Uh, okay, so the last question, is it okay? Yes, it's okay. Uh, but it's not ideal, right? And that's what we're trying to fix. Correct. Um, I would argue that... So if we're talking about... Um, so there's a ton of models in War Machine, and we love all of them, right? So <laughs> like we want to see them all on the table. And so I think I think PP agrees with that too. Um, right? It's, it's a lot less effort to fix an old model than it is to print a new model. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it's, it's especially, okay, so <laughs> Gargossels are, are a huge problem for balance design. That's why we saw a lot of trouble with the original set of releases because um, they warp the entire game. And so if you mm-hmm. make them too strong, they're the only thing that exists and you're like, ah, oh, pay to win. And if you make them too weak, then everyone's like, oh, why would I even bother? And so hitting that perfect point is extremely difficult and has been an ongoing process for, what, like the 10 years, eight years that they've been out? Uh, uh, the nine years they've been out. So um, I would argue that, yes, PP sees it as an issue that Gargossels very rarely see play and is, I, I mean, they're, they, they, they're changing core rules and, um, like... They're they're buff, like the new okay the new way that our huge bases are designed in in the archangel in the uh, infernals and most notably not in the slaughterhouse um, <laughs> is extremely encouraging that they understand the balance they need to hit right the archangel is incredibly good but he's also expensive and a little fragile right it's it's a it's a pretty good way to balance between them so right and also modern steamroller is pretty um unforgiving to huge bases oh and that's that's it you're right they're trying to hit a moving target right so as scenario gets more live gargantuans and colossals get weaker which means they need to get stronger rules and so that could then yeah yep yeah um yeah i don't know i mean i think there's definitely some incentive to make the expensive like the most expensive models in the range feel good on the table and i think that's fine um it does because they are without them, but they are like with very few exceptions all really good sculpts yeah and yeah. i think and like like three of the top like like almost all the top uh sculpts in the game are in uh colossals uh archangel storm raptor hide or mammoth yep okay cool yeah i'm in agreement then um <laughs> yeah so i would argue loki but uh, sure i mean <laughs> yes absolutely well done doug that was <laughs> we that, only need was... we only need three of the sculpts <laughs> <laughs> yes all right next question you're up um lothkarman asks jaden you are known for liking red blue contrast what's your opinion on teal orange and pink uh light blue sky blue i only own red and blue contrasts so i don't know Oh, yeah. he's asking about the contrast paint. I thought he was talking about the concept of contrasting those two colors. Oh, if he is? Okay, well, teal orange is fine, although I like teal maroon better. And pink and sky blue, it's basically superhero colors, so it's fine. I actually just painted a model with pink and sky blue OSL. So 
Oh, yeah, I love it. Well, mostly because it has OSL, but also the pink and blue. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's fine. Uh, yeah, complementary colors and and uh, contrasting them. Never going to look bad. Isn't teal orange is the classic movie palette, right? When you want to be extremely bright and loud? I think so. I thought that was what uh, like Transformers did. I don't know. Man, I couldn't care less about Transformers. I've never well, paid attention to them. I just mean from a... Like, when I think about color theory, that's one of the examples that people like to use because it's very obvious. Oh. I mean, let me rephrase that, Brett. If you plunk somebody down in front of me who's not Bumblebee or Optimus Prime, I have no idea who it is. And I'm <laughs> like... I'll, I'll ask the question, oh, is that a Gundam? <laughs> and get yelled at. All right. So please send all your hate mail to Jaden. <laughs> yes all right rabbit tank asks what's your favorite model in your least favorite faction similar what's your least favorite model in your favorite faction metrics can be as petty and subjective as you like brett go all right so my favorite model in my least favorite faction well my least favorite faction is easy uh so my favorite model in it it's uh the archangel right oh no you're thinking infernals okay never mind no no oh i wasn't considering infernals i don't like any models in infernals so that one's easy um i was gonna say the nerf um I hate it the most because I want to be it. So, oh, I was looking at aesthetics, but sure. <laughs> you're asking me about aesthetics. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> and then, what's your least favorite model in your favorite faction? Then, um, it's the Warple Stalker. That's weird how the answers are so similar. <laughs> oh man. No. Ouch. So that's so the Warple Stalker is the model I'm most disappointed with in my favorite faction. Sure. Um, the model I hate the most in my favorite faction. There's gotta be something stupid. Um, is it the? If hunters are are disappointing. Uh, are you sure it's not the the wolves of Orbros? Oh, it's F, it's definitely the wolves of Orbros. There, there you go. We got there. So I I both hate them the most and want them to be good. Yep. <laughs> he hates and loves the ring, just as he hates and loves himself. <laughs> All right. Uh, me, a favorite model in my least favorite faction. What is my least favorite faction? Do I have a least favorite faction? Chandler's least favorite faction. Uh, Strange Bedfellows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do I even have a least favorite faction? Hold on. I'm thinking I, about this. Well, while you're thinking about that, my least favorite model in my... Uh... Um, other in my other favorite faction, uh, Strange Bedfellows, is Aurora 2. And that one's purely aesthetics. That model is a huge disappointment. Don't you mean Hypatia? I do mean Hypatia. Thank you. I was going to say, you love Aurora 2. What do you Yeah, think? Aurora 2 does everything Hypatia did wrong. Thank you. Yep, saved it. Um, <laughs> boy. What's your least favorite I, faction? What do you, I don't what do you know. You, you play I've everything. played them all. I like them all. Um, yeah. No, I like I, I love Scorn. Um, you like Red? Um, yeah. Uh, you're doing that Empyrean theme, damn. Okay, so you yeah. okay? So then, what's your least favorite? Okay, it, it's Mercs. It's Mercs. My least favorite faction is Mercs. Okay, great. Because I've just played against it too much. Curse <laughs> you, Corey. Um, my favorite model in Mercs is oh, it's the Gorchin Basher, 100. percent Oh, I yeah. love that thing. I love that thing so much. Yeah, yeah, both. It's just like it's so satisfyingly chunky, and then <laughs> yeah. on the table, it's also wonderful. Yeah, uh, that's, I that's love that model. Answer. 
Yeah. And then my least favorite fa- uh, model in my favorite faction is also the Warpole Stalker. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I, I kid you not. I've painted that model 12 times now. And I don't own any of them. <laughs> what if they become good, Jane? It could happen. Then I'll paint another one and it will be better than all of them. I don't get attached to models very often. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Mark asks, if your favorite character solo got a Warcaster epic form, what would you want to see or think? What do you want to see slash think would be on their card? Okay. So that would be Sir Savio Montero Acosta. <laughs> and uh, he would have the following. He'd be focus he, seven. He'd be the, oh no, I was going to say he's, he would be the first uh, Jack Marshall leader. <laughs> no. No, he's not the Jack Marshall in the in the lore either. Oh, he's not. Damn. He just shows up and kills things. Um, so he would have uh, engine of destruction, and he'd have a rule on his card that let him cast it for free every turn. Okay. Um, he would have dodge, parry, repost, and um, critical decap, and zero he warjack would, points. <laughs> uh, he would have ten warjack points, yeah. <laughs> and he would. And he would have commandeered a dervish because they're the most like him. And he would just be like, whatever, this is mine. Because <laughs> um, he, he doesn't really care about faction. He just goes where the things are the most killy. Um, he would have dash. He would have um, he would have deflection because that makes sense thematically for him. Um, and then his feet would be. This model gains uh, snap strike. Is that what the buy two attacks for one focuses? I think so. Okay. So whatever that that rule is called, um, he would get that. That would be part of his feet. The other part of his feet would be um, he would he would also gain uh, overtake and grievous wounds, and that would be the that like mo- that would probably just be the entire feet. Maybe maybe other models in his army gain like plus one something for each model he kills. Mm, Um, But yeah, like the idea here is Acosta has perfected the art of death. It it awakens the war war caster spark inside of him and it just makes him even better at killing everything. That'd be cool. See, my answer was going to be, but they already did that. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to do Nula. I think she would be a really fun uh, caster. She would be a really fun caster. Um, she would have Siege 2's feet. <laughs> no, sure. Siege 2. No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking. Uh, no, no. Uh, she would have the Crucible Guard guy with a bunch of guns. Oh, uh, Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah, she'd have Baldwin's feet. That's easy. She'd pray for your entire army. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Um, her gun would be awesome. It would be like range 7, and she'd have running gun. And. Uh-huh. Uh, so like weapon master, maybe she'd have like Rask spears. That'd be fun. Where she just has a different set of spears. Sure. Yeah, she gets a whole bunch of different attacks. I think she should have vet or uh, uh, elite cadre um, female Tharn models, and they all gain something absurd. Perry, <laughs> one of uh, one of the several ones on her card that they don't have. <laughs> yeah, and that they lost in the CID transition because it would have been busted at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems all fine. Right. Yeah. What's her feet do? Pray. We just talked about this. Oh, you're right. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. That sounds slick. I actually kind of like yours better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Uh, Sheepdog says, how do you feel about how slowly Privateer Press has been releasing War Machine content lately? There hasn't been a CID since the Steamroller update, and we're getting excited over an announcement of an announcement. Um, well, hopefully the announcement the announcement's really good. Um, I, I don't need the CIDs, but more nope. releases are always nice. <laughs> um, and I thought this was an extremely strange time to pick to do a very similar steamroller. I was really shocked at how how little change there was. Yeah. Um, as for how I personally feel about it, I'm I'm this weird mixture between like seriously annoyed, but also like okay, then everybody has to focus on the stuff we're doing. Woohoo! <laughs> um, Where it's personally good but bad for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those, which means it's probably just like actually bad overall. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think we need to see what this announcement is, and then maybe then make evaluations of things. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Next question. <laughs> and Rocky asks, "What is your favorite? Fa- what is your faction tier ranking for Steamroller and Brawl Machine?" Oh gosh. Uh, just do number one and number 13 for each. Number 15? 15, yeah. Is that how many factions there are? Yeah, there's 15. Um, all right. Uh, number one for Brawl Machine. Flip, I don't know. Legion, right? No. Oh, I thought it was just Krissa. <laughs> no, I mean, out of out of Legion, if I was going to pick a caster, it would be uh, Abby 1. Because mm-hmm. until you've played against that, you haven't truly... Been eviscerated horribly. Um, uh, probably retribution. Oh, that's a good one. Like I, I think, think it's got to be ret. I think last is easy for brawl machine. Infernals. Yeah, <laughs> they only have like uh, two casters. Uh, I disagree. I think it's crucible guard. Okay, they also only have like two casters. Yeah. Um, which we're sorry about, and if we could change that, it's not our would... fault. Not our fault. <laughs> It's not our fault. We're not to blame. We don't make the rules that balance this game. Anyway, go on. Um, I don't have anything. We're moving on to the next question. Oh, I still have an access steamroller. I thought you were going to be Brawl Machine. Um, oh, yeah, I thought uh, you were. All right. I guess I, I guess I think it's Legion and Infernals. <laughs> okay. Uh, for steamroller, I think it's probably Mercs. And then in last place is probably... I don't actually have an answer for that one. I don't think there's like a clear last place. I think the power ranking steamroller is pretty close outside yeah. of a couple outliers. Especially because I'm going to argue minions are number one because I love minions. Um, I sure I'm in. It's not Kador in last. Is it Signar? Uh, no. I would put I would put Circle below Signar. To be honest, harsh but like fair. I, <laughs> I understand that Kruger is insane, but he does have bad matchups, and he's the entirety of the faction. Yeah, he just lost his pair. Uh, yeah, yeah, poor Rumud. Rip. We hardly knew thee. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Your turn. Okay. Um, what are the current boogeymen in the meta? How would you with them in your current faction? I think this is we pretty have obvious. A <laughs> I, I don't think we have a current meta. I have a current faction because I've only got Grimkin now. So and I only have minions out of storage. So that's 
right. Uh, boogeymen are what? Strange Bedfellows, yep. Infernals, uh, yep. Minions, Kruger 2? Yep. Okay. Right. Um, oh, and uh, Lucas. Oh, yeah. I haven't played against him, but... So I won't yeah. have an answer. Uh, for, so for Grimkin, I actually think that the Slaughterhouse is the answer to the Kruger 2 matchup because he can't actually bully it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah. Uh, strange bedfellows, you just play heretic and hope that you're better at positioning your wall of fire than they are at positioning their angels. Yeah. Um, Kruger 2, I just talked about that. Lucas, I don't know. Probably you have to drop your house list and feel really bad about yourself, but yeah, you have to do bad. it anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, want to drop heretic. No. Um, uh, who else did I say? I guess there's Vlad 2 as well, but again, it's heretic and you just hope you're better at positioning your wall of fire. Um, yes. Oh, minions. Uh, so various Archon-centric builds. I actually think you can probably play either list into this because, like, Quackatrices are pretty good into Archons, and uh, the Heretic list will just kill an Archon with a Dreadrot dread on accident. So Does your Heretic list have uh, Defileds? Uh, yeah, Double Defiled, and... I mean, they both have Double Defiled, because why the heck wouldn't you? Oh, that's fair. Yeah, Defiles are really good into Archons. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm playing minions. Uh, so, um, so I would do Arcadius from the Strange Bedfellows and try and because he chomps down infantry and can handle has similar threat ranges. Um, yep. You threat half an inch farther, don't you? I think so, but yeah, I think you do. Some things can go seriously wrong, and they have flight, and I don't. <laughs> right. Um, the uh, for Infernals, I would probably play Rasker or Zello, which one of the, whichever one of those two um, I'm currently playing. Mm-hmm. Um, just because uh, you can trade up really easily like with all of your stupid right. solos. Um, I, I've heard Azahul say that uh, Infernals is actually like a cakewalk for a lot of really good, like the most popular minions lists, so I don't think minions have to worry about oh, them very much. Maybe I'll play minions forever then. <laughs> I, for, I also forgot to answer infernals and i think the answer is you play heretic and you just kill horrors with like two dread rots and yeah. hope that's good enough yep. um yeah that, that's strange but phil's plan um yep then what else there was oh uh bled to similar um crucible guard i think i just lose i would put i would play rask and try um but i think you can probably get a game with rask yeah but i haven't played it so I'm going, I'm going to lose the first couple. Um, sure. And then in the mirror, I would 100 play, 100% play Arcadius. Yeah, he's just pretty bananas in the mirror. And yeah, and like high value targets is what he wants to see. And there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've never seen another Arcadius player, so I don't even have to think about that mirror. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Um, My turn, right? Yep. Uh, Coriander asks, what's the best idea for a new Grimkin Warlock, and why is it Child 2 the Teenager? I do want to do an editorial note here. Uh, this model exists in Malifaux. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, sorry, it's not Child 2, it's uh, Dreamer 2. They they aged uh, up the, the Malifaux Dreamer to be a teenager. Uh, <laughs> He's got like a cricket bat. Uh, I would not go with the Child 2. I would pick Severius 3. Ooh, 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 ooh. Because in my head canon, when he dies, the defilers grab his soul and drag him down to Urcane for their warped version of several thousand years and uh show him that he could have just been Menoth if he wanted to and 
then he comes back with a vengeance for his former god. He would love Defiled Archons. He would adore Defiled Archons. All right, your turn. All right. Um, what do you think of this week's big announcement? Which big? Oh, okay. They they were assuming that was going to happen this week. Never mind. That did not happen. Um, Happy Squid, do you feel that some very successful list from the past can make a comeback in today's meta? Examples being Nine Slayers, Ghost Fleet, Chaos Pop and Drop, Magnus, Steelhead, Spam, etc. Half of those. Nine Slayers and Pop and Drop? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Nine Slayers uh, could have legs. Um, its biggest problem is that it can't take um, Gatsby 4. Four. But uh, with Death Chef can. Yeah, exactly. With Cartref 2, it might be back. Um, yeah. Chris Pop and Drop is always good. Um, there are, I would say, there are more steady casters um, and, and less archons and archons and less reliance on upkeeps. Um, but assassination list is still an assassination list. Yeah. Um, Ghost Fleet is unplayable right now. Um, Magnus Steelhead spam, uh, I believe, was only played by one person because nobody owns seventy steelheads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a very good list because Magnus is still good. And snares are are very live still. So yeah, yep, I agree. What are the, what I, other ancient lists do you think uh, could come back? Uh, uh, hmm. I'm not sure any of them really can, to be honest. Like the ge- degenerate ones that I'm thinking of, like uh, or, or whatever, Hire, mad dog, Hire, uh, mad dog, sure. Uh, just you know, Cartip is going to do it better. This um, testament ancient. Well, that's what I was thinking. Is I was just thinking that the testament, but then I was like, but there's archon, there's anti souls mm. everywhere. That's right. Um, yeah, like a lot of the lists that I were like, I was like, oh, this would be really. And I was like, oh yeah, it's based around souls. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay, uh, all right, I'll, I'll throw this out there. I think Maylock might come back. Uh, yeah, wish I had because <laughs> yeah, because like I think Barnabas uh, Zero was actually like quite good for him, and I also think that. Um, because he can just play all dead stuff, the Death Archon is not such a huge deal. Right. So. Cool. He also plays a good Death Archon. Mm. And they're in Blind Water. That's so, true. Yeah. All right. Um, you're up. All right. Um. All right, this is an ego boost. I, I love it. Um, All right. Clockwork Jester Will at says, Warmer Horde needs something to draw people in. Brawl Machine might potentially be the most popular format. What does it mean? Uh, that people want a way to bring people into the game, and Brawl Machine's really good at it. That, that we saw that weakness in War Machine and specifically designed something to try and help with it. We did, in fact, actually do that. <laughs> uh, if you go back to the Skype call we had in early 2020. Um, yeah. We we sat down and went, yeah, this is a problem. Can we fix it ourselves? And everybody was like, no, I don't know. Can we fix it ourselves? <laughs> and we were like, probably not, but we can certainly try. And then this happened. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it means that I think there's a couple of things. I think that the uh, average gamer wants to play a shorter game than a 75 point game. Um, and I think that's true regardless of game system at this point. Uh, yeah, and also because if you're if you're willing to sit down for a four hour game or whatever, three or four hours, like you, it's much easier to find a game of 40k. 
Right. Um, and then also just that Brawl Machine is way better for new players than anything else out there right now. So, yeah. Uh, Rabbit Tank asks, what theme do you think is most needed of an update, and do you have any thoughts on how that could be done? Right. Apparently, the one I was mad about was already fixed. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, Forges of War. It's it's the it's the easiest one. I don't need the I don't know that Rhett needs the buff, but like the the fact that they can't take the Shail or not the Shail, the Virejax is just infuriating. Sure. I mean, I don't think that's the one that's most in need of an update. I think that's probably Legion of Steel or Guardians of the Temple. Okay. Um. I don't think there's an easy fix for either of those. It's a combination of model changes and theme force changes that would need to happen. And I don't want to speculate on what those would be at the moment. So, yeah. But you're right. You could absolutely fix uh, Forges of War by just removing the removing the jack restrictions. And frankly, you could do that for uh, a lot of themes that have similar things. And it would be easy. You're up. All right. Happy Squid asks, best ways to grow a small meta? Who to target and how to ensure it's successful? Do you know the answer to this? I've never done it. Uh, yeah, it's high schoolers. And <laughs> you should. No, I'm ki- I'm not kidding. You, you um, are a teacher. <laughs> I am. Uh, so here's the thing. High schoolers are perfect for War Machine. They will get drawn in by the aesthetic. They will have reckless enthusiasm when it comes to painting. Their parents will be happy to throw money at them doing something artistic and mathy at the same time. Um, and Privateer Press has in the past sponsored these kinds of programs and clubs and things for high school students. And uh, like, frankly, the smarter high school kids will then start killing everybody around you in this game. And what? you'll start wishing you had it in the game. Yeah. Um <laughs> And you'll start wishing that you hadn't taught them because you will never win a steamroller again as this small coterie of ambitious young students decides that this is the thing that they're going to be good at during their teenage years and wreck everybody else because they don't have to have like jobs and things and they can just <laughs> play War Machine. Jerks. Damn you. I mean, I'm not wrong. Am I? You're not, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Sauron the Terrible asks, should I paint my Cater Warjax War normal almost full red or should I paint it with some gray and red to make it look like, more, look like a military scheme? Um, I mean, whichever you think looks cooler, but I personally like a military scheme. Brett, do you have an opinion or is this aesthetics and you're not going to answer? Um, so I like doing odd themed painting. So I like having something that stands out even if it's not well done. Um, sure. Because being like the novelty is enough to make up for some um uh like you know learning how to paint better it also i think it'll also get you to stretch more um which will make you a better painter um right and i don't think you need to buy your way out of the problem he says buying some specific like greens Mm -hmm. i think i think you can i think talking to someone online getting some ideas about what to mix or like like how to you know how to make it work uh, shouldn't require buying something specific. Yeah. I also want to add to that that the 5th Legion Kador color scheme is exactly what you're talking about, and it looks incredible. Um, you should Like dark green? 
the red and then the like the dark green or gray accents yeah 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 you're right that and and it's that's sorsha's theme right i maybe I, th- I thought she was in that i don't remember it could be i don't i don't know for sure but yeah it's just an absolutely incredible looking uh scheme and i recommend it to anybody yeah and and the other advantage of having an uh a non-standard scheme is that it's just something to talk about i like that mm-hmm. yep you're next um the opposite question map Mapitate <laughs> asks uh, what are your top three studio schemes for war machine hordes um, oh. i'm gonna let you add uh neo mechanica because i know that's one of your answers um i don't know if it is hold on really yeah i'm trying to think think this through I, I, i'm just trying to bring up that uh jaden has brought the empyrean scheme into retribution sure has and chandler owns them all now and they look real <laughs> cool um Okay, uh, Studio Scheme Convergence looks incredible. Uh, if you haven't ever looked closely at some of them, like go have a look at Axis's box art. It is some of the most incredible true metallic metal work you'll ever look at. It's really, really cool. Um, Grimkin, I think their default scheme is fantastically done. Um, I like it a lot. And then if I had to pick one more, Probably Scorn, actually. Yeah, the Red is classic. Yeah, it's just it's really really good and it's really well done. And there's a lot of like um like their their Exalted look really neat. And yeah, I think it would just be those guys. Although, if you want to go look at the single most incredibly painted Private Bus Studio model, have a look at um Gallant. It's really it's jaw drop. Oh yeah, go have a look. There is. The entire chassis of that Warjack is covered in freehand. Oh my god! It is it is absolutely incredible and ridiculously huge props to whoever did it. Um, they they somehow managed to make the ironclad chassis look like regal and incredible. So, yeah. Um, what is the most interesting, memorable? <laughs> okay, this Brett looks gallant. Yeah, you should go. You should go look at Gallant too. Because it's, it's oh jaw dropping. Look at the sword. Look at the uh-huh. look at that shoulder pad. Uh huh. Holy shit. Uh huh. Telling okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Massively underrated studio scheme right there. Whoever painted that was a genius. Um, Juchi asked Juki Juchi something. Uh, asks what is the most interesting or memorable moment in War Machine lore. <laughs> so. I thought I didn't like the lore of War Machine, and then we did that Warjack episode, and I loved every second of it. I loved um, the Orgoth invasion. I loved the invention of the Colossals. I loved all the like coming together and backstabbing and then breaking apart and then coming together again that led to the creation of the modern Warjack. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a moment. Okay, so it's in Into the Storm. Spoiler alert for anybody who's not read it. Um, essentially, the malcontents are running away from a skinwalker tribe. And they have managed to, like, get ahead of them. They are on. They're, like, in the clear for the most part. They're being pursued. They're probably going to get caught. They're going to have to make a stand. And they do make a stand. And they have to fight them. And they're losing. And this entire time in the background, the skinwalkers have been blowing off Kruger's summons to war. Because... <laughs> They are like the chief is like, no, we are the circle. You are an invader. 
Like you don't know the deep ways of the devourer and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, and so in the middle of this fight, as the malcontents are slowly just like losing to this tribe of skinwalkers, the most epically written scene in the entire book is where Kruger shows up and just starts like incinerating skinwalkers with lightning for defying him. <laughs> it is so cool. Uh, I want to do like an audio, like a reading of that sometime and just mm -hmm. put it out there because it's so good. <sighs> yep. If I had to do like a cinematic moment that wasn't just like a really well-written piece of fiction, it's the train scene when Torek and all of the dragons are fighting over the train that has the Aethank that Haley and the twins are fighting over. Um, in I can't remember what that's called. One of the One books. Of books. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. You're up. Uh, Happy Squid asks, does the cast believe in cursed dice slash switching dice during game after a bad streak? No, I spent like $12 per dice on my dice and I don't ever <laughs> switch them up for anything. Um, be careful about switching dice. Uh, we don't have any roll lows left, I guess. Um, but that's it's not a good look if you switch dice for uh, like important rolls. Um, and we're about to do... Well, we... We we're we're gonna do something about war table dice. Uh, we're gonna oh yeah we are. I need to write that yeah. article. Yeah yeah we're gonna write an article about war table dice and how. Uh, and I'd like to do a, a podcast on how humans are bad at understanding statistics and how that affects your perception of dice. Yep. Uh, so if no, we don't believe in that. No. <laughs> if, it, if it makes you happy to buy a new set of dice and burn the previous ones, I'm all for that. Just be careful about doing it during game. Yeah, like maybe after your game, just go buy a new set of dice and, you know, get them out. And actually, here's here's another thing. If you are incensed with your dice and you're at a game store, I don't think anybody's going to care if you go to the counter, buy a new pack of dice and crack them open at the game. Like, yeah, especially not the store. <laughs> yeah, it's like, OK, you just went and bought brand new dice that I watched you buy from the store. There's absolutely no way those are shady. Um, yep. Yep. That's probably the best way to handle it, yeah. Yeah. All right. You're up. Uh, Nindokag asks, what kind of meta shift would it take for single wound infantry to be playable other than Doom Reavers? I mean... Aren't, aren't angels single wound? <laughs> aren't, yeah. And aren't immortals and... Ace Slayers and... Uh, Ace Slayers and Dreadrots and... Rots, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, this is a commonly held belief that single wound infantry are just not played. I don't think that's true. However, um, at a national, like, convention level scale, yes, there are a smaller number of single wound infantry lists than there have been in the game in the past. Um, and honestly, I think the only thing that needs to change is the Death Archon for that to well, maybe unlock some stuff. Okay. Oh, he's asking what would happen. What would it take to make that happen i would argue that it doesn't need to happen um <laughs> war machine has been single wound dominated for two full editions mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's fair i i like the solo and battle group machine yeah age that we're in right now quite a bit i think it's fun um and if single wound infantry ever really do come back then tharn will just get played for a little while and everybody will remember why doing that's a bad idea in this circle <laughs> that's true so, win-win. Um, 
boy, Wolf, you did stuff. Wolf, All right. Wolf, just ask the second and third questions. All right. And each, if each of you could change one thing to improve the game or a specific faction, what do you think would have the biggest effect? Second question is, recently you had the winners of the Brawl Machine Team Championship on. Why not silver and bronze as well? Do you just not like them as much? Okay, Brett? so I'll answer the last one first because that was yeah. my fault. Yeah, um, it was. Because <laughs> Jade's like, we should have the second place team. I'm like, it's been a month. They probably don't even remember the games. <laughs> yep, that, that is exactly what happened. <laughs> and I said, okay, sure, if that's what you think. And so I want to personally apologize. We don't hate you. Nope. Um, change one thing to improve a game. You, I mean, I want to make the living circle war beasts good again. Like, <laughs> I want to be That's able not to play have a the hit. biggest effect though, Brad. I don't care. I it's gonna be have the biggest effect on me because I want to play <laughs> hit on and not have to buy Legion. All right. Well, I will answer seriously then. Um, <laughs> I would introduce a uh, I would introduce a format as the primary format that is 75 points with a 40 point sideboard and I'd fix the sideboarding rules and you don't get an off list. Yeah, that would have I, a huge effect. <laughs> yeah. And it wouldn't wouldn't take much to to do it like I have better sideboard rules written already. <laughs> so yeah. All right, uh you're up. Um uh tough check ass what Brawl Machine format would you recommend for introducing brand new players to the game? Sideboards? One list? Pairings? Uh, one list, no sideboards. For at least the first, like, six to twelve games. Um, if you are not the new player, um, I would recommend secretly bringing two lists and uh, playing the one that their list is better into. Yep, and then not changing it for a while. Yep. Yep, 100%. Okay, um... What are your thoughts on having sideboard being encouraged? Okay, yeah, we just we just answered this question. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh do to do to do to do to do. What okay, Pirate Captain asks, what do you think are the most overrated things right now? It's, I mean, is it is it an Archon? Uh I think it's Archons in general, yeah. Oh, it's definitely Archons in general. Um, but even more overrated is Riot Quest models in general. Yep. And you can listen to one of our yeah. recent podcasts about why we think that. Yeah, you're right. We have a whole podcast on that. Yep. 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 Uh, Sam on Maui asks, when you play with a stable beer and pretzels casual meta where folks aren't buying anymore, is it bad formed by something fancy and new like a meta archon? I'm the worst player in the group, so I don't sound like I can maximize it. But I like this question because um, this is a really disparate aspect than we normally talk about. So I just kind of want to hear our thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, so... I would say no, and here's why. Um, if it becomes a problem, you can stop playing it, and, or preferably, you can help people to figure out how to play how to play into it, or you can help them buy new things from Privateer Press that will help the game continue to survive to help handle it. Um, also, the Manite Archon's freaking cool, and if you're only playing one of them and you don't have a trillion initiates, it's like totally doable to yeah. play into it. Also a beautiful model. It is absolutely gorgeous. I'm painting two right now. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Brett? Uh, uh, Toughjex asks, if you were to create an ADR for the next season of Champions, who would you include? Oh, boy. Um, that's... Just pick one faction. Pick one faction. Okay, I will pick trolls. Cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I would pick. 
Madrak two. Oh yeah, uh, your favorite. Because, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't like Madrak two as much, but yes, uh, because he's way better than people get, are giving him credit for. Um, I would pick Madrak two. I would pick uh, ooh, that's uh, uh, Doom Shaper three. Um, and then I would also pick. Trolls are great more. for this because they have a lot of medium casters that are really yeah. good. Orca 2. Orca 2 is and... too, but that's okay. <laughs> eh, eh. And Gunbjorn 1. And then I would give Trolls another ADR option um, to take any of the minions casters that were Conventions of Dunia that are on the ADR, and I would give minions the same things for Trolls. That's large. Is that a lot? Of yeah. <laughs> okay. But it would be it would be cool, and I honestly don't think it's that big of a deal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, that's a question we can't answer. That's not either. Tenzel wants to know why our game is so negative. We don't know. Um, ben Rocky says, "Tell us the benefits of many tricks gaming to one's mental health, especially during the pandemic." Oh, I mean, it's one word, right? It's socialization. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of benefits. Um, it gives you a direction. It gives you something to focus on for a long time. Um, it gives you uh, something to like look forward to. Something to um, well, and like there because there are so many different aspects of it. Um, you can take it in a different direction. So like uh, during the pandemic, I focused a lot more on painting uh, rather than uh, like improving my play, and so I was able to still continue doing what I'm what I love but do it in a safe way during the pandemic and mm -hmm. uh, just have something to keep me going. But by far the, the biggest one is you have a group of people who are similar mindedness enough that they're playing this weird, weird game. Um, you talk to them, you can say, Hey, I'm having trouble. And like, they're like, well, why don't you play war table with me? We'll, we'll just have some fun. And yeah. 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 My wife looked at me in like abject horror a couple of days ago, as I posted a picture of, I don't remember what, to our discord and she's like this is why you're not insane like i am isn't it <laughs> what do you mean you have people to talk to yeah yeah yep yep um do to do to do to do to do next up uh Wafa? do you think front arc back arc is a thing worth dealing with is it inviting enough for tactical play and also enjoyable for both opponents on the table so i, so I saw this question like when it was posted, I guess yesterday or two days ago. We got a long way to go. Um, and I've been thinking about it, and I think my answer is yes. I like front arc, back arc. Um, I like the reward of positioning. Of like, I love that subtle rules like parry and TK can turn into uh, damage buff or uh, to hit buffs. Um, I like um, I like when rules have counterplay, like shields, like um, charging. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I personally think, and it's very strange that this is, that War Machine's the only game that has it left, because I feel like it was very common before, but I actually, I really like front arc, back arc. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I've thought about this question a lot, too, and um, what I've concluded is that it doesn't actually make getting into the game any more difficult, because it's very intuitive. Like, I can see stuff that's in front of me. Um, what it, uh, War Machine's like... Behind, well, it's much more intuitive now, because right? if you manage to sneak behind them, you're, you're hurting them. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like a lot of people say, but this is making it really hard for players to get in the game. And like, this is not even in the top 20 things that's making this hard for players to get in the game. <laughs> so let's have this conversation again in a couple of years when those top 20 things are gone. Um, 
so yeah, I, I like it a lot. I, I would be very sad to see Front Arc Back Arc go away. Yeah. Personally. Right. Uh the other JP asks, what core rule changes would you like to see in the game? Um he said cyborg. <laughs> I said cyborg. That's uh, not core rule changes. That's not really a core rule change. I would like to see um Okay, this is really dumb, but I'd like to see weapon locks come back. <laughs> that is really dumb, yes. <laughs> I liked weapon locks, okay? I do too. I think they were really cool. Like, I honestly think dumbing down of power attacks is one of my biggest, like, on... It's my biggest gripe that I won't complain about from Mark III. Um, but I have that gripe. I, I liked weapon locks. Yeah. I liked pushes. Yeah, uh, let's... How about instead we design a set of new power attacks that are fun and interesting uh okay um oh i didn't mean us oh sure but sure. i i would rather see i would i would like more power attacks in the game okay yeah i'm done with that yeah all right uh boss gobber burb watcher asks what is the favorite songbird of each member of the podcast uh, well, I just set up uh, bird TV for my cats, just a bird feeder by my porch. So it's whatever birds are, those are. I don't think they're smart, <laughs> so. Fair enough. I like the Stellar's Jay um, the best, I think. It's like a blue jay, but with attitude. <laughs> Bubble Life asks, what is your favorite 90s movie or early 2000s? Uh, this one's really easy. It's Lord of the Rings. Oh. Mine's The Matrix. So. <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Rings. Alternatively, Shrek won. Yeah, Shrek won changed the game. No argument there. Yeah, or I guess Prince of Egypt. That was the last one in the old game. It had a soundtrack that it did not deserve to have. <laughs> yep. Jukto asks, which is the worst design zero caster, and why is it Denny Zero? Uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, it is Denny Zero. It I, is Denny Zero. I, I tried to come up like maybe it's um. One of the like juniors who turned into a full warlock later. It's like no, it's Denny Zero. Yeah, you have an offensive spellcaster with focus four. I I, I, I don't know, man. Appar and apparently we're wrong about Kruger Zero, so he's not even in competition. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Moops. I got to try a bunch of lists out now. What a jerk! <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're up. Um, right, the lady asks, when do you feel the need slash urge to hang up a faction and move to something new and different? That's so <laughs> the answer for both of us is so different about once every three months <laughs> so yours is a time limit um uh no mostly what it is is i stop painting a faction because i get done painting it and then i start painting something else and i get really excited for that thing and then i sell the other one that's fair um yeah see i've only changed factions twice <laughs> so once was because i hate I hate Mark III Circle. Okay. Um, and once was because I wanted to play some Arcadius. Okay. Uh, and what about the time you decided to play Mercs? So that's when I hated Circle. Okay, but then what about Grimkin? Oh, I forgot about Grimkin. <laughs> <laughs> because of Sacrifice and Ruin. So I guess, yeah, it's it's either... It's when I get frustrated with where they're at. Hmm. Not that I'm frustrated with Mercs, except yeah. that there's much stuff they can do. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I'm going to skip over a bunch of these because 
yeah. I want to talk about the Pokemon ones. Uh, okay. Blastoise, but they don't show a picture of Zapdos, and I think that's just a crime. Sure. Uh, Pseudobite asks, are Warlocks basically just Pokemon trainers? Which Pokemon would you oh. most like to see as a Warbeast and Wormahorns, and which Warbeast should be made into a Pokemon? Yeah. So, before we even answer this question, there are already three Pokemon in War Machine. The Bull Snapper is Charmander, yep. the Ironback Spitter is is Blastoise, and the uh, Rastler is Fralgator. So, like... Yep, that was easy. Yeah, um, there you go. There's already three. And and, and Stormraptor Zapdos. Yep. And I want someone to turn Archangel into Moltres. That'd be hard. Why don't you just turn the Stormraptor into Moltres and Articuda? Why don't you just have three of them? Yeah, I just want three Zapdos. Or three Stormraptors. It's the problem. I can just call them Zapdos now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which Pokemon would you less like to see as a Warbeast? Um, I, I would... Gengar? No, no, the ghost sword. Oh, I... Pfft. Okay. <laughs> I'm like an OG 150 kind of person. I got person. Into, uh, diamond with my wife. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, you have access to a wealth of options that I don't because I don't care about any of that. <laughs> um, if I had to pick one, maybe, like, Persian, because I think a cat Warby's oh, would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Alternatively... Pixels evolution, nine-tailed fox. Oh yeah, yeah yeah, I'm in. Yep. Pyromonker monkey forty-three asks, "What is each cast member's favorite caster to play overall, casually and competitively? What are the two best factions to have on hand in order to teach game to new players who are interested in them?" Sorry, it's two questions. Okay. Uh, so my favorite caster to play overall, just like flat out, um, is Rob. I mean the, it's probably Kruger too. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, I guess that would be my competitive one. Um, my favorite caster to play semi-casually is Sturgis One. Oh, I thought you were going to say that too. <laughs> no, it, it's Sturgis One. Um, I think you know my answer casually. Uh, Barnabas Two. Oh. <laughs> competitive? Oh, it might be Arcadius. Um, I mean, he was my like second choice. Yeah, I, I'll have to do that. He's just okay. a t- he's just a blast to play. Uh, I think Grimkin casters are underrated in how fun they are to play. That that is true. They are very very fun. And uh, what was the second half of the question? Oh, the two best factions to have on hand. Well, um, yeah, but I want to switch out for another question. Okay. Uh, if you could give any character a character Jack Beast, who would you give it to, and what would it do? Oh. Um, hmm. I would give. Uh, so I would give go Nua, ahead. Yeah, the the warlock I made. Okay, <laughs> I would give her a wolf. Um, okay, that she could ride. <laughs> All right. Maybe um, gave her like a speed buff. Sure. I mean, I want to answer for Acosta now, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's the, uh, char- it's the character dervish that we saw in the. I can't yes, it's play. Cinder. Was, oh, actually, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would give. I would give. Oh, Krios already has a character, Jack. No, it's um. What's her Cyrenia. name? I would give Cyrenia. No, no, the the Thyra. It's Thyra. She she already has a character, Jack. So. Okay, <laughs> I would give Thyra Cinder, who's my character <laughs> War Jack from the IKRPG session we did. Uh, he would be basically like uh, think Imperatus, but smaller and angrier. <laughs> anyway, um. Yeah. 
some, sorry, someone mentioned uh, World Riders. I'd just like to point out that I've done that model. I think I posted it on, uh, on our website. And they're dope, so you should go check them out. <laughs> anyway, we haven't gotten to all the questions. However, this is starting to run a little long in the tooth. So with that, we'd like to thank everybody who supports us on Patreon. Uh, thank you so much for your continued um, patronage and you know all of, all of the wonderful support you've given us over the last few years. If you want to check that out, it's our tip jar. We don't have any content locked behind it. You just get access to a room in our Discord, and that can be found at patreon.com slash LOSWarmachine. If you want to contact us, there's a, a you know a glut of ways to do that. You can find us all on Facebook individually. You can message our Facebook page, which is line of sight. You can send us an email at LOSWarmahords at gmail.com. You can find Chandler on Twitter at LOS underscore Chandler. You can join our Discord. Um, yeah, lots of ways to get a hold of us. If you want to check out our sponsors, they are figurepainters.com and Broken Egg Games. Uh, if you use the code LOS5CODE, you'll get 5% off the Broken Egg Games store if you make an order through there. I believe they're at Gen Con this weekend. You can ask them if that works in person. I have no idea. Um, <clears throat> and we would also like to mention, I think I'm out of things to mention. I think I condensed everything way too far. Normally, it's a lot more spread out, and there's a whole bunch of different like segues and other things, but I just sort of glomped all of the combined of contact us this way stuff together into one thing and yeah i can't think of anything else that we usually say okay it'll be fine yeah yeah it'll be fine anyway uh thanks so much for listening everybody uh hopefully we'll have chandler back next week and we'll see you then bye yeah.